So, uh, yeah, that weather, eh? What about it? We have very different weather, I think. Uh, well, you know, you know, like last week we were talking about, you know, the really, really hot 28 degree sort of weather that we had. Yeah. Yeah, epic make me jealous weather. Uh, yeah, don't worry, you wouldn't have been jealous of this week's. Do you like water? Uh, no. I mean, I like drinking it, but uh, I'm not a fan of it coming down on my face. Yeah. That's why he doesn't have baths or showers. I... I only shower once a week. Like a healthy, normal person should. Okay, then. It's a discussion. We can go there. Yeah, this is the Immaterial Showers podcast. No, wait, what? I say Duncan smells. <laughs> I say, Steph, you need to be calm. I am calm. No, no judgment. Become what? No. <laughs> Become Wayne. Wayne. Fuck! Wayne? Come Wayne Enterprise? Oh, jeez. Batman. <laughs> I'm what? Bruce Wayne. Going on. I'm Bruce Wayne. Right, anyway, yeah, no, we will kick into this. That was probably more awkward of the warm-ups that we've got. This is the Immaterial Gamers Podcast. Hello, Can you everyone. prove that with documentation? Yeah. I can certainly prove it with a YouTube video that will come up when, you know, you're listening to this. Because it's the YouTube video that you are listening to. Hopefully. Maybe. How's it going, everyone? Biscuits. Uh, you know. It's, uh, it's going. <laughs> I have one uh, hell of a headache, and I don't know why. That Probably wasn't please. me, Steph. That wasn't me. Uh, it, oh, 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 oh. Nice out of drinking. Yeah, so we got, we've got uh, myself, Ryan. We've got Darius. Hello. We've got Duncan. From across the pond, I greet you. And we've got the other person who begins with D. Wait, no, sorry, S. Stefan. I refuse wow. to speak anymore. Oh, he says he refuses to speak. Uh, yeah, so apparently uh, Steph sounds like he's either got a migraine or a hangover. Either one of we them have, is uh, uh, highly entertaining. Yeah. Well, half an hour we ago I was perfectly fine. Mm. Ah, so it's a that's, Dance Dance Revolution that's, that's, studio. That's a sickness for the podcast. Or Dance Dance Revolution, plural. Ah, More awesome. than one DDR. DDRs. DDRs. Yeah. I can't wait till I can kidnap Duncan. <laughs> Is that really the only reason you're going to Canada? No, I'm... We I have wa- other things to do here. I, I, wa- so I, I want to meet, meet Terry and some other people, but... Yeah, one of the reasons. To, yeah, I was about to say, what, you know, what are the, you know, the the social activities in Canada? I didn't realise kidnapping was, was, was something that was, you know... Something which you would be interested in. Yeah, you know, so... Arcades, shopping, landmarks, kidnapping? No. Why not? We're very liberal, but we're not that liberal. <laughs> Just because you can smoke weed outside in the open doesn't mean you can kidnap other people. I'm not kidnapping other people, just you. I... By other people, I mean people who aren't your your own physical person. So yes, you would be referring to me in that case. Then it's perfectly <laughs> fine to kidnap you. No, it's no, no. The right, there's some, some legal ramifications there, Steph. It'll be fine. I'll iron the, I'll iron that out. You, I just might need I Terry's know. help. There's no diplomatic immunity for people who work in hotels. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I'm pretty sure you have to be a politician at the very least for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll sort some stuff out. Oh dear. So uh, yeah. So we go from uh, legal ramifications to gameplay exploitations. So, uh, yeah, we will move on. That was almost a rhyme. Aye, I know. I I tried. There's going to be a loophole, and I swear to God, I will find it. Loopholes. Loopholes to wormholes. Let's go to what's been played. What's been played? Now. Oh, shit. Who shall I choose? Steph. I said, oh, shit, for a reason. I'm not. Yeah. I have not really played anything. It's. I I played. What have I played? Can you come back to me? <laughs> nope. <Okay>. Pass. <laughs> so alright, don't worry. I'll cut out the awkward bits while we wait for you to think. Super fight. Super fight. Yeah. Oh, shit, that was gonna be mine. Alright. <laughs> 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 so then yeah, so, uh, we cannot use it now. Yeah. For those Tell who us have... all about Super Fight, Stefan. Yeah, for Super Fight. For those who have not watched the video... Oh yeah, I forgot it. Well, episode 1's out already, isn't it? Yes. 
Yes, it is. Mind tricks. You got quick turnaround on those group plays. Because you don't really have to do much, I do. I, have you seen what I did at the beginning? Nope. Yeah, for not. Don't didn't do much. Did you say just Fortnite? <laughs> you said no. Fortnite. I'm concerned for you, Duncan. Someone's got Fortnite in the brain. Yeah, I know, and I'm concerned for him. Can we replace him with More someone? like Fortnite. Hey. Every time. So uh yeah, so so uh so for those who who haven't watched the play session video which has the handy dandy what is Fortnite uh, not Fortnite, what is Super Fight? <laughs> what is Fortnite? You, you did that whole thing to the beginning, aren't you, when you're talking over it, going, This is how the rules, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah, so I've so for those who it. haven't watched that, what is Super Fight, Steph? Um Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Cards Against Humanity, it except is. instead of, uh, you know, instead of just picking, like, the most horrid answer that makes the judge funny, uh, basically, it's just, it's a little bit more structured than Cards Against Humanity, where you're proposing a, a fight or some kind of competition between mm -hmm. two characters who are chosen by cards. Uh, they are given attributes that could be positive or negative by supporting cards and then the non players vote on uh, who they think would win in that fight and or competition. Yes. You're welcome, Stefan. Thank you. Tell us more about Super Fight since this is your segment. Uh, I'm really, I'm, my mind's fucking going. Tell back. us about your experience with it. I think it's quite fun. It, it, especially when we're trying to, I love the fact I didn't have to debate through the whole thing there. Mm. I, had yeah, Duncan, kind of... I had Duncan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, sort of like sort of the like the the effective rules of super fight is that the people who are supposed to be trying to determine who wins the fight are the people whose cards it is. Because I think I but, think there's one where I don't think it was me who was in it. Well, what wasn't hmm. one of mine, but you were talking and at the, like at the end of it after everyone voted, I went, "How's he meant to have done that with no hands?" And you went, "That changes everything." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, what we ended up doing, particularly in the play session video, was just let let everyone go crazy. I mean, it Come up with your you know, own turned theories. into a bit of a yeah, weird, weird psycho babble that went on, but allow everyone to determine, you know, sort of influence each other's votes. You know, yeah, everyone you know, was more defending, than, more than, like, I picked this because of this. Yeah, more than just the debaters trying to sway the judges in the case. Get everyone to do it. You know, it is. I mean, the game is literally who would win in a fight between X and Y. Let so, everyone have a go. So. Yeah, it's our it's our largest group play session to to date, is it not? Yeah, five people. First to five. Yeah, so we had five. We nearly had six. Yeah, nearly. Darius had to sleep. <laughs> yeah, so we we let Darius sleep. I was tired. I let him have sleep. I I heard. That was the case. But, uh, yeah, so um, in terms of combinations of cards, Steph, which is your favourite at the moment? I'm still not sure. I've not really had that many. But mm. um, the, the red decks are definitely ones that tend to stand out a lot more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they definitely stand out a lot more. Um, just to, to, to put that into perspective, there are various decks of the game which contain the fighters and the attributes. Now, everyone, when they buy the game, they get the core deck. But there's DLC where you can buy other decks. Uh, like the green deck, which is full of all, like... Disney! family-friendly, yeah, sort of fairy tale stuff. Um, it's represented by a G for general audiences. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I, um, I feel like that's probably intentional. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> and, yeah, bears, princesses... Leprechaun, you know, you know, stuff like that. Very friendly stuff. Um, its polar opposite are the red decks, and uh, yeah, they're not family friendly. They're the opposite of that. Yeah, they're R for R-rated. Definitely are, aren't they? Yeah. Um, let's just say we can a definitely lot of, tell this game's American. Yeah, a lot of toilet humor, sexual references, Hitler's um, sort of adult stuff. The, the Many Hitlers, there. but it, yeah, and then there's like there's themed decks like anime, horror, Walking Dead, Election, and there's a couple of others as well. 
Um, and sort of the, the funny bit is that on their own, you know, if you wanted to just make an adult-themed version of Superfight, you'd probably agree with me and saying you can do. But it's a lot weirder when you just mix them all in. It is more fun. If you just, I mean, if you just went with a red deck, I mean, you may as well just be playing Cards Against Humanity at that point. Yeah. But you have random red deck cards mixed in with, like, Leprechaun. It's like, it, that's when the humor comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of when, yeah, you've got those, like, you know, sort of the the attributes. Yeah, just having a sort of a red card with green attributes is just, is just odd. You know, it's like, we'll take one. We'll take one in there. Be warned, people. This is uh, this is our rated business. Yeah, when one of them's like your mum's vagina, oh, that's yeah, one of the red cards. Dinner. Yeah, but sounds then, like a line from uh, an Eminem song. It's like mom's vagina. Yeah, but then then when you have an attribute that is sprinkles fairy dust, you know it's it's, it's just odd, it's just an odd thing. And, just like you know, literally how that, random. The worst pajazzle of all time. Yeah, I mean, do you even like, know what pajazzle is? I've heard. I, it's good. It's nice that you've heard. I've heard rumors. <laughs> I've never actually seen like. He's never you know, googled it. I mean, I've never seen like a, a woman before. So what do I? What do I know? Mm. Yeah, that that led to a funny situation, didn't it? The sudden Forever death. Alone. Was it my ex versus child beauty pageant queen? Oh yeah, <laughs> my ex is a child beauty pageant queen. It's like my ex doesn't exist. Yeah, damn it! it. Probably did lead to one of the the funnier quotes, which we're not going to say because we want you to watch the video. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Even though I may have like did a spoil of one of the rounds as part of the how-to video, but anyway. So overall, Steph, more super fight. Yeah, I won't mind playing some more. Yeah. More. More super fight. That'd be cool. So uh, yeah, that's that's good. So we all we all. Like Superfight, worked together to help Steph through the dark days. Thank you. And I still have a split in a dick. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Don't worry about it. So, uh, for, uh, for laughing, Darius, you're next. I'm next. Okay, yeah. I can be next. So, yeah. So, you will be next with your with your game of choice, sir. My game of choice, which yes. I played. Superfight. Which I played this week. Actually, no, I missed that one. Uh, I've okay. played Transistor. Hey, getting into those. Uh, yeah, because it uh, was. Supergiant games. Yes, it was free on the Epic Store. Yep. And before I, mm. before I played the new one, Hades. Mm. I'm I a fan of Hades. I decided to play the old one first because I never finished Transistor. Mm. I've yeah. played Bastion a few times, completed it a few times, uh, but with the transistor, I kind of g- played it twice, and only once get like seventy, eighty percent of the game. Mm. Yeah. So for for those who haven't played Transistor, it's um, a it? very narrative-based game. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like hack and slash game basically, but it's they add an extra narration to everything which you are what you are doing. Yeah, something so like that let's... as similar to the Bastion. Yeah. So every... I mean, across all four of their games, really, isn't it? Uh, y- four games. Yeah, there were four games. Oh. Uh, you. Uh, which one? Which I'm missing. So you got Bastion, Transistor, yeah. Yeah. then Pyre. Okay, I've not played that one. Pyre is a weird sort of turn-based, um, effectively a turn-based sports game that's also an RPG. Right. So um, I'll give Go you ahead. a very, very quick rundown on it. Basically, you've been sort of exiled to some underground thing and you have to take part into some ritual slash tournament yeah. um, of, of lighting pyres and you do that by defeating your opponents who are also going through these same pilgrimages and it sort of follows the story from there but um yeah based on that like i say they, they they've got a big narrative focus at supergiant so uh uh please uh i interrupted continue with transistor uh right so back to the transistor um yeah i'm kind of like i think 30 40 percent in the game right now mm-hmm. 
And damn, I forgot how complex the combat is in that game. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly it's, well, certainly it's, different no, to the, Okay, the, the actual combat is like exactly two buttons, mm. kind of. But the way you where you can mix and match the abilities, that's like a whoa. <laughs> mm, yeah. So um, yeah, because it's it's a weird hybrid of turn-based tactical and real-time and real, slash yes. gameplay. And you can do different ti- different things in whatever. Well, in this two, um, how do you say it? Tactical so, mo- modes, let's say. Yeah. So it's it feels completely different when you're playing in the real time, and it's completely different when you have like you know this turn-based strategy view of the game mm. and so also sort of, all sort of named after like bits of code as well really aren't they yeah uh, also, I, also I, sp- I think I spent like an hour on the training ground just to swapping swapping around the the abilities mm. the attack yeah. just to kind of see what they do and which one works the best yeah I mean, how do you feel that the sort of the health system works on that? Because I remember that was probably just as as unique. Mm, health system. Yeah. So okay, I'll let you guys, well probably have it be an experienced on this. And you know, like the fact that so you have a health bar. Like oh yeah. In the traditional game. But you yeah, don't but die initially when the health bar runs out. Yes. That you're bit. just losing. You're just losing one of your skills. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it's at the point where if you lose all of your skills, then you die. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, because they are random, and let's say one of your sk- skills is just uh, literally evade, mm-hmm. and that's the last one which you are stuck with. So there is no way you can beat the enemies when you have just only evade skill on yeah. you. Makes, so it makes will be, sense. Yeah, it would be more mm, interest. Well, I think it would be a little bit better if you kind of could like choose what you want to discard. Mm. Yeah, I, I get it. It's a part of the game that you're losing something randomly, but it could like, for example, give you the choice of two mm. if you yeah, have the no. choice. Yeah, so I see what you mean. Because uh, otherwise, I feel that's otherwise, if, the challenge if anyway. Especially on the early beginning of the game, when you lose the one which is mainly your attack, the damage, mm. and you lose that straight away in the fight, then basically you are you're good to reset the whole game because you will not be able to beat that level, that part of the it, you know of the mission. Mm. It does seem pretty punitive when you only have like one or two skills to depend on in a game. Yeah, no, yeah. I can yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Performance releases you, re- results in you losing that ability. This is like, oh, okay, I guess, uh, fuck me then. Yeah, I'm yeah. screwed. I mean, that being said, sort of at later points in the game, because of the way that the sort of the skills work, arms, it's like, like, what, nine, ten different skills? Yeah. And every single one of them has an attack. Yes. Or they have some sort of function. But then every single one of them can also be slotted into other skills. So, sort of the so way like that the tactical gameplay is that you mix and match to sort of gain the benefits of all the skills. And if you do lose one, you can then swap it out with yeah, another well, skill. Yeah, over the it's other just, one. It's just a, yeah, it's just a, a sort of early on. It, it can be a bit troublesome, but later, later on it's quite okay, but you need to unlock most of them. Yeah, but, but still, some of the there. fights are quite hard. I founding them anyway, quite hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird because like no, with the way that that goes as well, no one fight is the same. Yeah, exactly. Which... So you cannot have one set of skills for every single fight. It will just not work. No, no. You have to sort of mix based on on what you're facing. I mean, not that every enemy has its has its tells. Wait, what so game you know is this? how to do it. Transistor. Transistor. Yeah. But so generally, this is probably I'd say it's one of I'd say it's one of my favourite Super Giant games. 
Oh, that's well. I mean, how, I've I mean, never. How does that feel to sort of you compared to Bastion? I loved Bastion, mm. and now playing the story kind of again. I'm not just because okay. I've started the game three times already. This is my third playthrough. Mm. I still do not just go straight to the you know just follow the story. No, I'm still like wandering around trying to uh, discover every single like you know cookies, let's say, of yeah. the game, because, well, the narrative is great. Yeah, I mean, especially because of this thing of, of what Supergiant have for their idea of, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's given a term like reactive narration. Yes. So, um, yeah, there's sort of the idea that the game will narrate based on the actions You're you making. do, rather than sort of... Actual, actual yeah. So that's, that's what I like. It's not like 100% scripted narration, like in most mm. of games. It's very context-based. Yes. Which and is sort of interesting. I still, still remember that with Bastion, of like, just yeah. accidentally falling off the stage. Exactly, and exactly. The I love oh, and then it. the kid died. I love it. I love that comment when you keep dying. Yeah. And the like, narrator is just saying, oh, you died again. Let's try yeah, not just to do it again. Yeah, it's just like, oh, he fell off the earth. Nah, just kidding. As he spawns as well, it's, it's timed perfectly. Yeah. So. So yeah. I, I, yeah, same same thing with 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 um, transistor. When you launch on an attack, the the narrator says, "Oh, that must hurt." Mm, yeah. So if I yeah, I like with the reactive narration in that it's a little bit different. So Bastion was sort of the story was narrated because it was told. Yeah, you know, it was. This is this is this is something that happened in the past. So yeah, um, I'm keep playing Bastion, uh, Bastion Transistor. I will yep. probably finish it this week. Sweet. Uh, and, then you, and then you can get onto the absolute punish fest that is Hades, unless you pick up Pyre. I will. I will have a look what what's what's both of them, both of the games looks like, and I will choose one. Mm. And then yeah. on top of it, I'm planning to pick it up another game, but that okay. might that I maybe will pick it up next week. Division. Yes. E Division Two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> so well, we'll see because you know I prefer to finish the games which I already have before I start buying the new ones. Mm. And I yeah. still have have the vampire the vampire to play. Oh yes, you do. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, as I said, once our first year anniversary, I'm planning to finish it. Yeah. Well, in that case, so you've got uh, three months yeah. and two days. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. We'll 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 see how you go with that. So um, yeah. No. Cool. Cheers, Darius. Right, Duncan. So here I am. Uh, the guy who barely played anything this week. Yeah. I was actually busy working uh, for a change. Uh, usually my excuse is school, because that's usually what I'm doing. But I've been out of school for uh, about two weeks now. So mm -hmm. I've actually been working a lot. Uh, however, I guess I have one game that hasn't been discussed yet that I have played. It's worth mentioning. Okie dokie. Go for it. It's sort of related to things that I've already talked about. Uh, in the past. Mm -hmm. So a while ago I was talking about how my sister and I were planning on doing uh, Pokemon Bingo in yep. uh, in, uh, po in uh, Pokemon Emerald. Yep. So what ended up happening with that is, well, I lost progress on it. Mm. Uh, I lost an hour of save data on it. And so mm -hmm. we ended up, you know, at a time when we were going to record another one, we were like, oh, okay, uh, I guess I don't, I'm not up to date. Uh, something happened when I was trying to save last time, mm -hmm. which was very unfortunate. Yeah. Rip and my that sister, one hour. My sister took this opportunity to uh, express to me that she didn't really feel like playing Pokemon Emerald anymore. Mm. And then if we were going to do the Pokemon Bingo thing, we would, uh, she would prefer to do a different game. Mm. Which I thought, okay. Sun Actually, I kind of... No, not Sonic Uh Instead, we decided that we were going to try out Pokemon Crystal. 
Because okay. uh, the second generation is actually my favorite generation of Pokemon, personally. Yeah, it's a, it's a good generation. Before they started winning out of ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that it was the biggest game. I liked that you, it was the only game where you could get 16 badges. I liked that it was the only game that had like direct continuity with a previous installment. Mm. You know, and just the fact that it was just such a major technical and aesthetic upgrade over its predecessor is there. There's no words to describe how much of an improvement it was over Red and Blue. Yeah, and just in every way. Yeah, it's only, uh, so it always felt like a proper sequel at that point, really. Yeah, it really is like the only like like real sequel. I mean, it didn't really need to be a single. It could two, be a like, standalone pretty easy. Yeah, yeah two, well, it's, it's, it's a, that's, that's well, that's the perfect sequel in my opinion. It's like it's a good strong, it's a good strong standalone game that also uh, uh, uses some information from the past. What Nintendo to, uh, need to do is bring one out that lets you do everything. Yeah, they need a super Pokemon game, just yeah. every region. I mean, let's 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 be fair though. Let's go on the fact. It's never going to happen. No, no, because really. if they did it, they'd but like they'll have nothing to do, and they'll bring out a new one, and everyone will be like, "Yeah, but that's not as big as this game, so we're not going to play that one." Yeah, but imagine if Pokemon became a live service; it would ruin everything. Imagine yeah, if Pokemon. Imagine if Pokemon was a game where, like, just go on this tangent for a bit. Like, imagine if, like, you know, the defeating of the Elite Four in each region was like the equivalent of. Getting a badge, and mm. uh, and all the seats before you beat the Elite Four in an individual game. It just be it would just be such a massive game. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that you know, I mean, that's the thing. You want to make it big without making it overwhelming, and that unfortunately I feel would be the latter. Yeah. But uh. But uh. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, back to the uh, subject at hand here. So, we took the opportunity of our uh, Pokemon Bingo reset to instead. Uh, change up the format a little bit. Instead of like classic bingo, like complete a row or whatever, we decided that we're going to do a lockout bingo. Yeah. Which is essentially where the entire map is playable, there are no free spaces, and it doesn't matter whether you get any rows or columns or anything like that. Lines are not relevant. All that matters is that you get the majority of the of the uh, objectives completed. So, first person to 13 out of 25 wins, essentially. Yeah. And so that's the format we're going to be using for the Pokemon bingo videos that will uh, hopefully be coming out. I yeah. say hopefully because there's sort of a, an addendum to that, which is uh, a bit of a problem. Mm. It's, it's, it's a bit of a snag, as I say. Oh, um, a snag. So initially, initially my sister said that she would be interested in editing these videos, or at least trying to edit these videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, she didn't. Okay. Uh, so right now we're at a point where we need a different person to edit these videos. Uh, these videos, uh, with you know, if we're planning on having these videos to start coming out, you know, mm -hmm. uh, after Monster Party finishes, which will you know the next Sunday will be the first open slot in that time slot. Yeah. So we'll be we we, we want it ready by a week from now. Uh, it basically comes down to minor, minor length editing, like you know, some chopped up, empty space. But mostly, most of the the actual gameplay will be staying in. Yeah. Then you know, relevant visual cues, you know, showing the, showing the bingo cards, uh, get filled in as they uh, as they go along. We ended up deciding that the format we wanted to go with was sort of like bingo card in the middle and then our feeds on either side of it. I was about to say that might work a bit better. Yeah, that's something that it makes be done. It makes more sense with this format now because of the fact that we're sharing a single mm. card. Yeah. You know, before when we had our own unique card, it was sort of a different thing altogether. But having a persistent bingo card that constantly reminds the audience of, you know, what is at stake and what people are working on that just gets filled in is not only easier to edit, uh, but it's also probably better for the the viewing experience in general. Yeah, I say that's so, sort of an easy bit. It's just the getting the, you know, just the the other bits. You know, the making sure the feeds are there and lined up, and yeah, no, it'd be 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 interesting to go from there. But yeah, we are we are in need of uh, a, a a volunteer editor to pick up for us. 
Okay. Well, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. Thank you. Most likely, I'll, yeah, you know, I'll 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 have a a discussion. Yeah, and uh, you know, I. I, I, I'd like to just talk more about the game itself, except, you know, because it's related to content, I can't really talk too much about our progress. Mm. Uh, I can say that we we both made it to Goldenrod by the end of our second session. That, that's about all I can say. So we're into, we're into the you know, third city or whatever. So we're, 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 we're kicking along. We're, we're ticking along. Cool. Coolios. Sweet. Right. So we have had so far... Fighting with cards, tactical fighting with a sword, and fighting with little creatures of various pocket monsters. Pocket monsters. Yes. Uh, yeah, Stefan, I went to the same place. It's like, well, this is, you're taking way too long to think about pocket monsters. Yeah, I really was. Easy. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, what I will do then is I will continue along the, the fighting uh, aspects of our uh, games, or what, what's been played section. And, uh, yeah, I will talk about a spaceship roguelike game called Everspace. Okay, I, I don't know what Everspace is. Spaceship roguelike game called Everspace. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, so, uh, peek to the scene. You, you, Duncan, you like FTL, right? I'm a big fan of FTL. It's the first thing I thought of when you said that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it is, it is effectively that sort of game. So, it's a first slash third person spaceship exploration roguelike. So you are a amnesiac pilot. You don't that, know that's that sounds dangerous. Yeah. You don't know you don't know what's happened to you. You kinda don't know who you are. You just realize that you can you've just hijacked a ship with an AI that wants to help you escape from something that you have caused. Um and the and the way you do that your ship is mobile, but it's a bit weak. And you sort of have to tactically think about how you're going to escape the area with the limited fuel that you have. Enter Everspace. So the the idea behind it is that your your aim is to get to a sector uh, to escape, and and the plot there's a plot to it though, which unfolds based on how far through the sectors you go on each run. Um, now it's definitely roguelike. In the in the aspect that you will be expecting to die, it it will it will happen. But that fits into the plot of the game a little bit as well, because not only is your pilot an amnesiac, he's also a clone. Oh dear. Um, something that you figure Start out. Starting for the cloning bay, that's interesting. Yeah. It's so, uh, so, so, so the the idea being is that you will get you'll eventually get stronger as you progress through the game. Because while you earn materials and weapons and they disappear when you inevitably die, you also earn credits which are always immediately transferred. In in story terms, they're transferred to your offshore banking account. All criminals need that. So, because uh, presumably you are one. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming when you die, you, that's when you find out you're a clone. Effectively, yeah. The first death adds a story that sort of makes you realise that things are a bit odd. So at least this explains a bit better than some games do when you die. Oh look, you're back to life again. Yeah, well, when you're back to life and you now have all this monies. Mm. What, what's what's going on? You can now level up. So yeah, so it has that sort of way that so you gain permanent perks but and then you get temporary upgrades in the game because it's got a rudimentary crafting system and um, sort of resource gathering component to the game. So while you're flying, you can mine minerals, fuel, or scrap and stuff like that to either create new weapons based on blueprints that you'll find by defeating enemies or progressing far enough through the game, or to upgrade the the bits that you already have to help you survive longer in that given run. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, there's just... It's it's very simple to get from one map to the other. You you'll warp into an area. You will most likely immediately find the warp coordinates to the next part of the sector, and it's as simple as aiming your ship at it with no obstacles in the way, and you'll fly there. But if you do that immediately, you'll 
just I mean you'll get overpowered pretty quickly by you know stuff eventually being stronger than you so the idea is that you're supposed to try and explore the zone a little bit get some materials kill a few enemies get credits sort of improve your strength that way before moving on to the next zone but you know like in in ftl the longer you stayed in a sector the more the federation would come along or the rebels yeah. would come along and make it hard for you to stay there that yeah. happens that happens in real time in each jump point as well so well, that yeah, sounds if, scary yeah so if you if you spend too long in a given zone just a a load of really strong enemies will then spawn in you'll get like a 30 second warning before you do it but at that point you uh you really want to get the fuck out of there so uh yeah it's pretty pretty interesting i've died about 12 times i've made it to nearly sector four which i think might be a halfway point but yeah so i've in, enjoyed it it's not too frustrating your ship's mobile enough just uh don't hyperspace into a rock or you will uh you'll die pretty quickly that sounds pretty fun. I might have to check this out. Yeah, so um, so I think it's on on sort of uh, GOG. Uh, I think it's also on Steam as well. Something like I that. I was looking at the Steam page. Yeah. Yeah. It so, kind of um, sounds like Neo Chrome on PlayStation Four, which I played some time ago. Yeah, in a in a sort of in a sense, yeah, it's various yeah. various roguelikes that have that sort of idea, really. Yeah, because in Neo Chrome as well, you are a clone. Mm. which after you die kind of respawns and you can yeah. again buy uh, permanent upgrades as well as temporary ones Yeah, which only, so that... only stack for that clone basically mm. yeah it's definitely the same sort of idea I mean I like how some sort of roguelikes do play on that some do the, the sort of the slow burner where you'll eventually sort of get to to where you need to be purely based on the fact that you'll eventually earn enough money to power up. Um, some have it of a bit more of a challenging way. Things like Crypt of the Necromancer or Rogue Legacy where sort of what you need to get stronger will be raised ever so slightly as you go along. And like with Rogue Legacy it's like spend all your money on the upgrade because the moment you start you lose all your money and you start from scratch. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that same idea. But I kind of like that balance with uh, with Everspace and like Crypt of the Necrodancer and um, even Hades. So it does that. You'll eventually yeah. get a little bit stronger, but it'll provide that challenge still that roguelikes are, are known for. So yeah, so that was uh, that was me, and uh, that's that's everyone for uh, what's been played. So, Games of the week. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just as a as a thing on that, yeah, Everspace you can pick up from Steam or GOG. Transistor is available everywhere where you have a keyboard or joystick, but it's currently free on uh, Epic Store for the next two days. If you listen to this when it comes out on Tuesday, it'll be available till uh, Thursday the second, where it'll be replaced with World of Goo. Uh, Supervite is on Steam and Pokemon Crystal is. Wherever you can get it. Game Boy yeah. Color. Yeah. Buy it on Game Boy Color. Game Boy Don't, Color. I mean, the, I got uh, it on. I got it. I got the ROM, but you, yeah, I shouldn't support mm. the uh, unofficial releases. You yeah. shouldn't. Yeah. What's that? What's that? that? The Nintendo eShop. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Exactly. Buy first-party products always. Yeah. So. So yeah. So uh, yeah. And it's time to uh, now for the next like 18 minutes or so. We'll we'll move on to news time. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, what shall we start with here? That's a good question. Uh, you know what? Let's let's start from let's start from the beginning of of what Steph posted. Um, Steph has provided basically the news for this week. So uh, let's talk about Bioware and, okay. and Anthem, and they've not been having a good time, really, have they? No. Having a good time? No. Uh, struggling launch. Um, basically, the game came out not looking as good as it was hyped. Um, then, you know, it turns out there was a whole load of back room decisions and issues that made the game really not what it was originally planned for or even originally named. 
and everyone was a bit, you know, what the hell has gone on with this with this project? Um, you know, brought out into the open by Kotaku and Jason Squire, and uh, yeah, so they've they've not had a good time. Then last week they had their internet connection severed while trying to work on their update plan for Anthem. And then, as what Steph's shown from this uh, Eurogamer article, they're now having trouble meeting their own, quote-unquote, roadmap. Yep. So, um, yeah. The, so, this month, I believe it was supposed to be... Yeah, this month there was supposed to be a whole load of sort of quality-of-life content, adding a legacy system, um, a new stronghold, and sort of other features. Currently... All they've brought out is the stronghold. All the other features have been delayed indefinitely, and Cataclysm has been pushed. The the new raid-like first, uh, activity. Yeah, that's how it's first per- far the first far person raid-like activity. According yeah, to the nice. article. Yeah. So um, so yeah, everything on Act uh, everything on Act One has been delayed indefinitely. Which, considering the game is already, you know, void of content, and, you know, is is a bit of a problem. I mean, granted, the reason that they're doing it is, to be fair, what's the point of content if no one can play it because it's a buggy mess? And that's what they're prioritising. But they released the game as a buggy mess. Yes, there is the crux, Steph, you found it. Why did the game come out a buggy mess in the first place? Do you EA think a fucking game out? Do you think Anthem is dead right now? Do you think they will really fix it and release all the content, or will, let's say, in the six months they will just turn around and say, "Yeah, we failed. That sucks. We're not fixing it anymore." So you sort of going on the idea that that Bioware and EA screwed the pooch on it, and that they might just abandon it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Mm, it's. It's tough. I don't, I don't. I can't see them abandoning it. I think they'll see no. it out till the very end, and then once year one's gone, they'll just go. Yeah, there's not gonna be a year two. Yeah, I mean, we've got to, we've got to think that this has happened with game studios before. The one that spares, uh, the one that comes to mind recently is No Man's Sky. Oh yeah. So that came out looking like nothing of what it was hyped to have been. It was this sort of weird. The idea that it was, you know, brought up as this big, massive exploration system with uniquely defined planets and a shared world multiplayer that you wouldn't really notice is multiplayer because everyone's going to be all far away and and stuff like that. And what it came out to be was basically a very Minecrafty light experience on planets that weren't really as unique as you were expecting with no multiplayer whatsoever and not as sort of not as pretty as it looked in the in the in the in the game it was i mean it was still very nice looking and the seamless transition from planet to space was was great but it was definitely not what was it was promised. definitely not what was yeah absolutely not it was a good and chunk of what was promised it was just the thing everyone wanted wasn't there the multiplayer the share world that wasn't there. Everyone wanted that. Yeah. You wanted and, to play with their friends, make a base, whatever, and do it. Yeah. And, I mean, it... You know, it almost ruined the studio of Hello Games. And let's just say there's probably not a lot of people who will listen to Sean from Hello Games ever again. He's 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 hit the... Peter Molyneux infamy of overhyping something and not knowing when to just shut up. Tease people. Don't don't promise stuff that doesn't exist. I, I know you. I, want I, I to. tend to find that happens to films. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, it's gonna be all this, this, it, and it's like when you watch it, it's like, yeah, no, nah, it's not that good. Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna happen. But I mean, to be fair, at that point, No Man's Sky next fixed pretty much everything to bring it to the game that it should have been when it came out. But look how long it took them to fix it. Yeah, it took them, what, best part of a year? Yeah. Best part part of a year, two years? And it still lost quite a lot of the community that first bought it. 
Yeah, and it lost a lot of goodwill with that as well. But look at it now, and oh, now it's you know it's it's it's, quite successful now. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, at that point, that felt to me that that should have just been a time where they should have just went, we're not ready. Delayed it. We just need to. We need to delay it. You could have yeah. had this giant hype well, all to begin with and had no issue. Looks, mm. look, look what CD Projekt Red has done with The Witcher 3 and is doing with Cyberpunk. We, yeah. will, we will release the game when we finish it. Yeah, don't don't provide a date. They don't, yes, they, don't, they didn't provide any date or whatever. And mm. no one is, you know, no one is like fuss about it. Mm. They know it'll come out. Generally, when CD Projekt Red says that they're bringing something out, they'll bring it out. Yeah, when it's ready and and 100% working. Yeah. Not like um, because someone tells you, well, that's your release day. You have to, you have to, you know, release that game that on that day. Yeah. And then I mean, all you got what you got. Broken yeah. game. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, just look at Valve. They they never gave us a day for Half Life Three. They never will. And it's just like, and you know what? No one's really disappointed. Yeah. Some people are still excited for some reason, but no one's really disappointed. Yeah. Everyone's just like, ah, well, this, as long as we whatever. know it's being made, no, most people don't tend to care. And you give us an it's update not. every now and then. <laughs> for most games, that's what people want. They want to know. Val- yeah, just want I mean, like. How close do you think you are to finishing it? Give us a rough estimate. If it's going to change, let us know. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, you know, who are taking something like Valve now. They're, they're not really a game developer anymore. They're a, they're a, they're a shop. No, they're, a they're shop. not. Half-Life, Half-Life 3 is vaporware. It doesn't exist. No. no. I mean, I mean let's, we, we discussed it, I think, last week. That was briefly, or some it got discussed briefly. Um, sort of Artifact didn't go very well. That was the first game that they did in like 10 years and it flopped massively. I think it was yeah. discussing it in work with someone, that was it. Yeah, Artifact, it just just flopped massively. I mean, you got the granddaddy of I mean, trading got... card games, Richard Garfield, on a project and you couldn't make it successful. You... It's like, I mean, just from a design standpoint, that seemed like a, that seems like an ill-conceived project. It's like, I've heard lots of people find the gameplay itself to be rewarding. Yeah. It's just... So I'm a, just... Yeah, I mean, I mean, what was the just concept? The concept was a just... what a a three lane trading card game set in the Dota universe, which I just want to say that uh, that 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 uh, we had. I played a game. Steph and I actually played this together. I think, mm. or maybe we did. I can't remember. Um, it was a game called Crow's Maga. Oh yeah, ring a bell. It was. Uh, it's a it's a trading card game based on the. Uh, it's a French property. Uh, what's it called? I don't even remember what it's Not called. Wackfu, Stefan, it? help me. I don't even Wackfu, remember that's it. it. Oh, Wakfu. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a game Did based on the Wakfu property. It's a French property. I don't remember if I actually played with you or not, but I definitely told you about it. Um, anyway, I mean that's a five lane. Oh yeah, trading I, I've card played game, it. Essentially, is what I don't it know is. If I played it with you. I know I have played it. And basically, it's just like you know, you set your characters down a lane, and they have a certain amount of move that they travel each turn automatically. Mm. It's yeah, and it's kind of like it's kind of like combining a traditional card game with like like auto chess almost. Mm. So it's like I mean, that game works fine. I enjoy that game. I don't play it anymore, but it was fun. Yeah, so, it's just like yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I'm just wondering if like Artifact's problem was the fact that there was a buy-in to actually purchase the game, and then from what I remember, there was no way of earning cards in there as well. So you were you were paying for something and then paying on top. Hmm. Well, it's just like, I, listen, man. People like, you know, some people just like the option. To, you know, it's like either I'll, I'll, I'll I maybe I'll pay for my cards up front. Maybe I'll, I'll work for it. You know. Yeah. I mean, let's think of it this way. This is, this is how stuff works on that. Hearthstone very successful with its sort of free to play, pay what you want to to do stuff. It was popular enough that the granddaddy of trading card games at the moment, you know, well, let's say Magic the Gathering is still big, that they. Basically, with Arena, looked at Hearthstone and went, "That works." Let's just do that. Yeah. You know, weirdest and... thing is, mm-hmm. we're having a discussion about buying like things inside a game. Me and Dunk, me and Darius were having a discussion yesterday with Dennis. Yes. We yeah. About yeah, like, there is games like people play Farmville and then pay for the things that will speed their crops up and everything else. 
and his missus was sat there like, why? Just play it a little bit, come back later. Some people don't want to wait that, and a lot of people want to be at the top of the leaderboard constantly. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go with the player choice business, but, you know, I guess, in that, in that sort it's, of case. It's yeah. always pay to win for shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but by where? Except for League of Legends. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, League of Legends, Warframe, other games use it more for cosmetics. Well, it's not, it's not just really... So, yeah, League of Legends uses it for cosmetics. The way Warframe does it is as well. They don't do it in a loot box fashion. No. You buy what get, you want. Get your currency, pay for what you want with that currency, and you get the item. You don't get a chance of the item. You get the thing that you want to use. And that's yeah, that's how that works. But yeah, we'll 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 move on from from Bioware Anthem and pay-to-play experiences, and we'll continue with player choice, which uh, this PC Games N article comes up. That apparently, according to this article, uh, Ubisoft were asking players about what they want to see out of a Rainbow Six franchise using the Siege survey. I did the Siege survey, and it was a bit of a question in it. Yeah, so it's this very hypothetical, wasn't it? So it's basically you, you've, uh, you've all been, you've all been focus tested on where you want to see, you know, Siege. I mean, apparently they're asking, you know, new R six gameplay. How appealing are the following hypothetical new types of gameplay for R for Rainbow Six? You know, including a solo campaign mode, basically the old Rainbow Six games. Uh, an open uh, an open world exploration mode, the division. Uh, a new PvP mode. I don't know why they need a new PvP mode. What what type of PvP mode would they do though? That that, that yeah. would be something. I, I, be I a give bit you, I give you one guess. Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Rainbow Six Battle Royale. Yeah, no, we got we got to be careful with that. But then then you know the oh, bit that God. was interesting. Yeah, there wasn't anything want... that had happened for Rainbow Six like Outbreak before. Yeah, I I, I want I, I wish Outbreak was still around to be honest. It was fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Outbreak was cool. I liked it. Yeah, so it was definitely different. Um I mean maybe, maybe it could have some sort of tweaks cuz maybe having Left for Dead with realistic damage made it a bit too much. Well, you can already have Left 4 Dead with like basically realistic damage. Yeah, and they just have that as a difficulty set. Yeah, and it wasn't really, it wasn't really fun. Um, yeah, it depends on who you ask. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone. I wouldn't mind uh, a, a version of. Uh, uh, I was gonna say a version of Rainbow Six that was a little bit more stand your ground esque, but I guess there is actually a game mode for that. It's just all AI based. Mm. Yeah. So, I, mean, I would I would like more PVE on Rainbow Six. Yeah, I I would I would, yeah I mean I would like I mean I would like a short, maybe a short oh, yeah, maybe a sh- campaign. Yeah, something a bit like yeah, Rainbow Six campaign, Vegas. Be all right. hmm? Let's say let's say it's one where you you don't get to while you play you don't really get to pick who you want. You kind of go this team's needed for this, and it's like out of these four people, who would you pick? Mm. It's like uh, this team's the, uh, been picked to do it. It's like Super Smash Bros. Brawl did that for its uh, campaign. Yeah, it's just like uh, here are the characters for this setting. Pick uh, pick who you're gonna play with. Yeah, the subspace emissary idea, or the um, maybe even take it the sort of the way of the the Never Realm fighting games with Mortal Kombat and and Injustice. It's sort of right. You're at this part of the story, and these characters are involved at this part of the story. Therefore, off because you go. I think that's what made Outbreak a bit better. Yeah, because it was a Alp- limited range yeah. of characters, wasn't it? It picked the characters that you would assume would be part of a, some sort of viral breakout. Yeah, sort of the FBI and CDC, really, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So like, and that that sort of word. So, I mean, it's interesting that it's come up, because this is, this is all timing and project-based, because I can see at the bottom of the article, uh, keep an eye on Ubisoft present at E3, which is three months away? Something like maybe. that. He says he doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't really know properly. But uh, uh, two months away, mm. Tuesday the 11th of June to Friday the 14th of June. I mean, or, or what, what would realistically be said as Sunday, the uh, Sunday the 9th of June to Friday the 14th of June because they always do this day zero and day minus one now, don't they? So, so the 11th yeah. to the 14th. Yeah. 
So it's a sort of month and a half's time. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Right, we will. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so here's a here's a quick one. Uh, the odd story, more in the opinion of, do you think this will actually happen? Uh, so according to PC Gamer, an analyst predicts that 20 million people will abandon gaming PCs for TV gaming platforms, a bit akin to Stadia, the the Google streaming system. And a bit like the um, Steam streaming system they're trying to bring up. Yeah, sort of a big picture. Now, you know, this this, this comes up, uh, a report by John Petty Research, according to the PC Gamer article, states that, quote, PC market continues to decline without gaming, uh, without giving any specifics. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, you can say that 20 million people are going to leave PC gaming, except I don't I, know how many people are currently PC gaming, so I don't really know how big of a percentage the population that represents and by like if there's when? Like, like if there's you know like if there are two billion pc gamers i'll be like okay uh, i could see a one percent drop off yeah sure yeah. that doesn't seem insane but if there's like 45 million pc gamers okay uh, you know and that's like uh, that's like 40 well, percent of the my population first question... like, oh, hold on a sec <laughs> yeah right go go for it darius sorry go on my first question would be what is the scale of it i mean do they some assumption there are some that 20 million will decline within a year five years 20 years mm, yeah so yeah that's... so Duncan's got the idea on the percentages and you've got the idea on the time it's like mm. just saying that it will decline well yeah yes. that's inevitable that's like every other bit of progress that we ever do something will grow and something will decline okay the last record i can see is in 2007 it was estimated to be 1.22 billion pc gamers worldwide that's in 2017. So, uh, but according to this article, as well, what the thing I found as well is they're expecting it to go to 1.4 billion by 2021. Okay, so based on so this we have report, conflicting then, uh, statistics. Then. Yeah, based on that report, that would be growth. So 20, 20 million people moving on to do something while stuff is growing on something that's supposed to be well, declining well, doesn't work yeah what i think in what the article meant is uh 20 million will uh abound pc for the sake of big game picture hmm. for so e so either for those nvidia big game tvs or for yeah. stadia from google that's what I yeah. think what it is about. And yes, or definitely. Even, or even back to console gaming from what it's saying down in the article yeah. as well. Yeah, don't worry. The um, article I found about saying um, that they expect it to go up to, will be a further growth of one point. It's already reached 2.3 billion and that was last year. So, yeah. So obviously, it's yes, that. I would say yes, you, we will lose 20 millions. However, we will gain additional yeah, we'll put, 100. Yeah. Mm. Because we we will lose, as the article states, those twenty millions for the sake of. But we could easily gain another forty. Stadia or big game pictures. Mm. Yeah, I mean something to take into account is this: that another market analyst has turned around and said that I don't think it's going to decline because PCs, or as is put in this uh, quote. PC boutiques are positioned perfectly to grow with the expanding streamer Chip. and content creator audience. Yes. Not many people can get a good streaming setup sat on a couch playing a PS4. No. They're generally either remote playing it towards a PC or they've already got it in a PC-like setup to, to do this. And at that point, if you've got a PC-like setup, you might as well go the whole hog with the way that the streaming's working and use a PC setup. For the PC, you not you don't need any compromises. Yeah. If you have if you got the money, there is no compromises in picture quality. Yeah. There's yeah. There's nothing in so called. I mean, you've got to say that though. Remember on that the way streaming technology is at the moment, that it's never a one to one correlation. You can have the 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 crispest clearest oh, yes. setup, but if a streaming platform is only going to be able to output stuff at at 1080p currently, they're moving to 4K. Then that's the limit that you've got. But uh, Steph, no, oh. it sounded like you were going to say something. That's all. I just said true. 
And ah, by yeah. the sounds of it, um, I've been looking at a few different places, and they've all said last year it was it all went up by almost one billion people on a mm. PC. So we'll lose twenty million, but we'll still gain an extra billion again. Yeah, if it, it carries on like it. that. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, and and you know another thing I dislike about the intentionally misleading nature of this type of article with this type of statistics is is that it continues to perpetuate the myth that PC gaming and console gaming are exclusive markets mm. and that a person might play on a on a PC because they find certain games to be more fun on or or you know accessible on a PC than on a console or that certain games that they enjoy certain types of games that they enjoy are only available on PC like like I don't know someone could play Hearthstone on PC mm. because that's where you play it or they might and they might play you know Call of Duty on the console because that's they just mm. like two stick controls it's just like yeah like like the idea that there's some exclusive like there's this war between PC oh, gaming no, and console gaming I, I don't just, know any PC any gamer it's that hasn't like, got at least one console yeah. I don't really play on console. I'm like one of the most like real PC gamers out there, but like I don't care. Like if I really want, I mean, you know, I do occasionally play on consoles mm. that other people have that I borrow, and I do occasionally, you know, get feel feel a desire to get. I would never be like, you know, I, I, I if there was a really a game that I really wanted to play on console, I'd just go buy on console. It's just like I, for the most part, everything that I want to play on a console. Eventually comes out on PC anyway. Mm, yeah. And even if it doesn't, I'm pretty well set. I've I've got all my entertainment right here. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's, yeah. There's nothing exclusive. I mean, I say this with a with a smartphone in in my hand at the moment. I've got a bloody PS4 controller on my desk. There's a Nintendo DS across the room. You know, stuff like that. This this sort of idea of oh, you're only allowed to choose one thing. And you've got to stick with it. And remember, you know, your enjoyment is purely based on the success of that part of the industry. Stop it's, it. It's also like the people who go, yeah, it's a battle between PlayStation and Xbox. A lot of people have both. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I've got a PS4, I've got an they, Xbox 360. I don't have an Xbox One, but, you know. Yeah. See, I've never had the an success Xbox, of one, but I'll, I'll play the it on yours. Don't bother me. So you're saying the, the success, success of, one. of one part of the uh, part of the industry does not always come uh, exclusively at the expense of another section of the industry if anything both you know if anything you know all sectors of a competitive industry will inevitably go upwards more or less in tandem because of the nature of competition yeah because they're all trying to outdo each other and trying to get people to play their game at that particular time yeah. it's just like well i'll do this now i'll do this now i'll do this and guess what you know what ends up happening Everyone buys a Nintendo 3DS. Everyone buys a PS3, 4. Everyone gets a PC, a gaming PC at their home because people are competing with each other so hard that there's games on all of those platforms that they want to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a, that's the thing. Competition is good. Monopolies are bad. It's you know it's a simple, you know, sort of simple sort of truth. And you know it's it's the people that exploit the fact that competition is good that that managed to get away with it. I mean, let's look at Epic with the game that shall not be named, even though we've mentioned it three times in the podcast already, Fortnite. You know, they they know. More like Fortnite. Yeah, oh. more like Fortnite. Uh, yeah, with the fact that, then, you know, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Smartphone, Toaster, Microwave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they know at that point that making it inclusive to as many people as possible gets those V-Bucks and I can't believe I know that. I'm embarrassed. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go in the fetal position. But before we do that, let's wrap the podcast up. So, first of all, if you have liked what you've heard, please like, share, subscribe. Click that little notification bell. If you're watching on YouTube, the end screen will appear 20 seconds before the end, as is tradition. Um, remember that we are on Spotify and iTunes. If you want to just listen to the podcast, which is which is easy enough to do, please support us and watch the stuff that we've got. We've got plenty of stuff going around. Starting off on the week, you know, we have role playing Nottingham Games by myself. Tuesday, you're listening to it. Wednesday and Thursday currently don't have anything, but something's due to arrive soon. 
Friday, the General's War Table. Saturday, play session or something immaterially different. And Sunday, sibling rivalry. So, uh... Yeah. Yeah, so we've got, you know, we've got plenty, plenty of stuff there. i got a and, question. Uh, sure, Liz. You've got a question. Yeah. And I don't know why it's popped in shed. Whatever yeah, happened what? to Ash Ketchum's, um, primate after he kind of gave it to that guy who trains it to become a fighter? Because you never he hear from up, it again. It ended up being the Star Gorillas of the Mist. I was so expecting you to say something like it's from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh. Planet of the Prime Apes. <laughs> hmm. But um, yeah, with that, with that, with that tiny little distraction, well done, Steph. You've ended up back on your throne, sir. <laughs> Never left it. But um, my headache's starting yeah. to go away, so I'm a little bit more active. But yeah, enjoy the stuff that we're having, please. Watch it, and if you like it, let other people know. Let them watch it. We we would be happy if that's the case. So, until until next week. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell your dog. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Duncan, Steph, and Darius. And I will see you all in, in over two weeks' time. Yeah, we want Steph because he's uh, he's about to kidnap Duncan. But uh, until that time, please, for God's sake, don't kill each other. Never has it been made more apparent over the past couple of weeks. Stop it. Stop what? Killing each other. Uh, how do you expect me to play Rainbow Six if I can't kill other people? That's fine. Those are digital people. They don't count. Yeah. Digital people have feelings too. Yeah. Have fun, everyone. That's gonna sound weird in a couple of decades <laughs> yep. when the AI is Yeah, when the, when the aliens further. come down and this is all that's left. Well, our like podcasts. I'm quite surprised yeah. they lasted that long. I would be honored if our podcast were the only piece of human culture yeah. left behind after the apocalypse when the aliens come down. You haven't saw how. How my my face is! I've just grinned wider than the Cheshire Cat at the thought of possibly this being the only bit of human culture left. You, you, but then you, we might have to be quite disappointed of why it's the only like human culture left. It's probably it's probably the most unused thing. Yeah, and back down to earth we go. All right, have a good one, guys. We will see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.